0: Hi everyone, welcome to Tempo Talks. My name is Aaron. I'm excited that you're joining us today for this first inaugural episode where I'm sitting down with my co-host Ryan Miller to talk about his running journey and everything from being a two-time Olympic marathon trials qualifier to currently training for the Bandera 100k trail race. It's a great conversation where we get to know Ryan and I know that you're going to enjoy it. If you do enjoy this show and uh, you want to hear more, please subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the major ones, as well as uh, a video version on YouTube. If you search Tempo Talks on YouTube, you can find my channel there. And uh, and please share it, subscribe, like, comment, all the stuff uh, on whatever platform you're listening on. Please also connect with us on Instagram. My Instagram handle is TempoTalksAaron, and Ryan's is RyanMiller34. Let us know what you want to hear in the show coming forward, uh, if you have any guest recommendations or topics that you want to hear covered. We've got a lot of exciting stuff coming up that we've planned out, uh, and we know you're going to want to enjoy that and uh, and share it with people that also like running. Uh, so without further ado, please enjoy this episode where I sit down, uh, with my friend ryan miller yeah um, but yeah thanks for thanks for coming out and, and joining me today so of course um, appreciate it and i've i made a joke on one of your stravas along uh, a couple weeks ago well it's probably been a couple months now because um, you got one of the local legends on <laughs> on Strava, and I was like, oh, you're already a local legend, So, yeah. but, but we already talked about uh, having that kind of interaction with people that we know, or mm-hmm. uh, some of your athletes I'm friends with, so I appreciate you taking the time to come on and talk to me. Of so, course, Aaron. Uh, of course. You got a lot going on right now. Yeah, uh, man.
1: Uh, <laughs> between uh, having a newborn is yeah. probably the biggest thing, right? Yeah. So Maverick, my son was born in July, yeah. and that's been amazing. Crazy, like, the best right? thing that ever happened to me in my entire life. And this is your first... My first, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been a big adjustment going from being single or, you know, yeah. not single, married uh, right. for a couple years, but having another human that really depends on you for everything. That you right? got to
0: keep alive. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's so much <laughs> to do. Yeah, it's crazy. So we're on our, um, my, my second son was born just a month or two after. Mm-hmm. He was born late July, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. so. Uh, So my son was born in September, early September. So just shortly thereafter. And uh, it's, man, one is a huge adjustment. Mm -hmm. Like my wife and I were married for seven years. Mm -hmm. So before, well, almost seven years before our first son was born. And so we had like that opportunity to travel and to do all kinds of stuff that we wanted to do. And then bringing another human into the world is like, you know, that's a big deal. And like you said, keep me just the responsibility and all of that, but the the third one <laughs> that adds a layer of complexity because you're outnumbered at yeah, that point but i can imagine so i gotta ask so because we, we gotta we gotta settle an argument that i'm sure uh <laughs> runner like couples that have a runner maybe one runner in in their you know in their family or whatever mm-hmm. gotta settle an argument what's harder going real deep into the pain cave in a race <laughs> or like that 3 a.m feeding <laughs>
1: man uh the 3 a.m feeding for me for sure (laughs) like Like, i've you know probably run 100 200 races something like that in my whole entire running career and like you you learn to combat the the pain of a race right like you learn what it's going to take and and various distances too right the pain in a mile is much different than the pain in a marathon or an ultra marathon or half or 10k so that like and you know you're going to recover as soon as the uh as soon as the race is over right, right? give yourself three to five minutes We will be fine You'll be talking with everybody yeah. but uh missing sleep uh for you know three to six months however long it takes your yeah. newborn to get into a good sleep routine ah uh, it's brutal and then you know depending on your skills of falling back asleep yeah when you get up at 3 a.m and my wife and i we we made a decision to share the responsibility mm-hmm. of getting up at night where you know, she's feeding him obviously, but I will get up, change the diaper, get everything needed ready for, yeah, yeah. To go for the feeding. So we would both get up together. We right. feel like, you know, I think yeah. we, we bonded over that too by sharing that responsibility. Yeah. Uh, but it's tough. Um, for sure. You know, I know for me, our son was not gaining weight very quickly. Mm-hmm. So we had to shift to feeding him every two hours right. for like two months straight. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, I didn't sleep more than an hour and a half straight for like two months. And it was, it was tough. Luckily, there was no races going on. Right. I, think I was training for as well. I'm sure we'll talk yeah, about yeah. my first ultra marathon coming up. Yeah. Um, but definitely kept the volume lower. Did sure. Not feel good even when I did get out there. Yeah. But it was okay. I knew that's like a temporary thing. While Absolutely. Adjusted new life.
0: Absolutely, and that and that kind of segues into what I was curious about is how has it altered your training, how has being a dad altered your approach to training? And not so much like what you're doing volume wise, but just your mental approach. Cause for me, you know, I've been through, I I started running late 2015, Mm -hmm. 2016 was like my first full calendar year of running. My son was born in June of 2016, I'm sorry, 2016. And um and that was like my first calendar year of running and I only did like four hundred and fifty miles the whole year. Mm-hmm. So it was it was real marginal compared to the two thousand that I'm doing now. Yeah. But it's like, um, you know, the the shift even at a lower volume, I, I didn't really know how to approach it. So you you obviously have a lot more miles lifetime than I do. How how has it changed and how has it affected the way you approach that? Yeah, I, I think the, the first thing I think about is um I'm also
1: a coach, right? Mm-hmm. And I have probably over 50% of my athletes have our parents and have kids. Okay, yeah. So I was able to chat with a lot of them on what their experience was, especially having a newborn and see some of them go through mm-hmm. having a newborn, whether it was a fem- females coming back from birth, which luckily I don't have to experience. Yeah, yeah. That's really, that is much <laughs> more difficult than we, go, we go mm-hmm. through as males. Um, but talking to the dads and really what it is, is, um, I don't want to say like lowered expectations, but when you have a bad workout, when things don't go as planned, you get a little injury. It it doesn't quite hit the same as it did before. When like all that's one of the things, the only things you had to focus on. Like I still get to come home to my son. Yeah, and he's still smiling at me. He doesn't care if my you know my Achilles is right. hurting a little bit right now. Yeah, he doesn't <laughs> care. He's still gonna smile, give me a hug, that toothy yeah. or that gummy grin. Yeah. Uh, so it, I think it it's helping me. Take everything in stride and just have uh, perspective. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I say perspective, I mean like just a broader perspective on on what running and how what role it plays in my life. Yeah, Um, it's important. Right. It's not everything, especially now having a son to help guide through his life. For
0: sure. Yeah, that's. uh, I think, and I feel like for me, because like I said, I've only been running five years or so, and so I. I don't have that like intensity of time. You know, I I mean, I am getting older and I recognize that. And Mm -hmm. you know, I'm in my thirties. And so it's like, you know, I I realize that there's a window of opportunity for like PRs and stuff like that. But I can imagine that being a a runner for years and years and years and sensing the time and all that aspect. It's interesting because I, I hear about people that approach that horribly. Mm -hmm. it sounds like you're not one of those people that you have (laughs) like the perspective of it you have the the full picture kind of there but um i could see as as to how it would be easy to get discouraged at setbacks in training or things like that yeah yeah
1: but you know what's important is having people on your team that can Mm -hmm. help you know um give you that perspective because there's times you know my coach david roche i'll write in the training log like man today sucked i'm in a rut all the month of November, I ran the Moab trail marathon, Mm -hmm. um, the first weekend in November and it did not go as I had hoped. I I took a fall at mile five. I really cut my body up bad. I still toughed it out and finished. I had hamstring cramps that last like seven miles. I mean, brutal. But, um, and I had a, I had a funk after that, just training wise for the next, you know, three weeks after, but my coach, David Roche, that third party perspective, somebody looking in from the outside who yeah. I share my thoughts with, can see my training on a daily mm-hmm. basis, um, help give me that perspective. Like, hey, you're okay, stay the course, we're gonna adapt together, yeah. you're gonna come out of this, it's okay. Right. And so, sometimes like the bias we have in our own mind, and when we look at our own training, um, can lead us down a, a darker path, right? Mm-hmm. That like, oh, maybe I'm just not cut out to be a runner. Or yeah. for me, like, maybe I'm not cut out to be a trail runner, but right. No, it's okay. Not not every day is going to be a great day. Yeah. If you have, in general, like more good days than bad, you're going to continue to generally improve your running skill set. And you're going to get where you want to go eventually. Yeah. But you have to keep trying. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And there's no better person I feel like that can put that into perspective than David Roach. Oh yeah. Like he's so, he's so positive and optimistic. He's also my coach's coach. And so, uh, (laughs) and so I have familiarity with him and I've read his book and things like that. I mean, it's, he's just, it's great to have someone like that in your corner. So, so you mentioned uh, Moab and I would definitely want to talk about trails, but I'm curious just for maybe someone that might listen and not know kind of your trajectory. I know you went to A&M. Yeah. Right. It's yep. a good thing. My father in law is not here because he went to UT. He went to UT, so he might have a problem. <laughs> but uh, but so so you ran collegiately there. Track and field? Or I did, yeah, track country? and
1: field and cross country. Okay, um, cool. So, yeah, I walked on to the program coming out of high school, and I was a decent runner um, here in the San Antonio area where we are. <clears throat> yeah. I was all-state in high school, uh, the third runner on my team. My team was remarkable. We had mm-hmm. uh, three individual athletes win individual state championships. Not, wow. It wasn't me on my wow. team. Um, back-to-back team state championships in cross country, and we even won the national, the Nike Cross National Championship in 2009, which wow. was um, – a dream come true back then and still when i look back at my favorite memories as a runner that's at the top of the list and yeah. it sounds crazy like, oh like high school the glory days right. you know but <laughs> to um to just have a group of kids out of bernie yeah texas small town small town you don't you don't get recruited right we were right. all just grew up there because our parents happened to live there together yeah. but we were all best friends yeah um we barely missed out on making the national meet when six of us were juniors and one of us was a sophomore, so we had no seniors. We knew coming back, yeah, like, we're going to do this together. We're going to be accountable. We're going to work hard, yeah, and that's the foundation for definitely for the rest of my running career, um, but also my life. Like, yeah. I learned so many life lessons from that group of guys and what I wanted to be. You know, yeah in college yeah. after college um and Absolutely. throughout my life
0: yeah How, did you did that transition well to take to Texas A&M like did was that team like real cuz Texas A&M has had a pretty pretty good like running program right i mean yeah
1: they have a very very good overall track and field program yeah. so when i was there um we won two national championships on the track for outdoor okay. ncaa yeah. outdoor track and field um i i won't claim to be a contributing member of that team because i didn't score at nationals or even qualify okay so i was you know right. i would qualify and score at like the conference level mm-hmm. which would I, we won a couple conference championships in the big 12 and sec which was awesome yeah but i never got like a national championship ring because uh, i never qualified for nationals sure. with them but speak you know s- you know answering your question what was the team aspect g- there um it was actually it was a, it was a interesting transition because mm-hmm. my my high school team um, we didn't drink we just hung out with each other yeah. we didn't party we went to bed early we met at 6 a.m. every single Sunday yeah. before all of us went to church yeah. um did our we would literally every Sunday this is insane when i look back at it for high school <laughs> 15 miles yeah as hard as we could go yeah and my goal every Sunday was to run 15 miles in our 6-minute pace and this <laughs> is like 16 17 years old and i was like you know I, told you, I was like kind of like middle of the pack for my varsity group of guys. Yeah. And there'd be there'd be guys on our team running 5:40 pace for 15 miles on like rolling hills out in the hill country wow. in Texas. Yeah. And that's why you know they were state championship t- right. state champions in high school. Yeah. But when I got to Texas A&M, uh the culture was different. It yeah. was definitely everybody was so close and really good friends, yeah. but definitely like to party a lot more, yeah. a lot more drinking yeah. on the team. Um and actually a lot of the guys didn't take it as seriously as my high school team, which wow. is, like, I mean, that's an insane transition, right, to go right. from a, to go to a high-level D1 program and feel that way. Like, it's almost like a step back in terms of, like, I don't know if these guys are in it to really make that leap to being one of the best in the country. At least that yeah. wasn't everybody's goal. Um, and there was guys on the team that definitely did have those goals, and I bonded well with them. Yeah. Um, but – that was probably the most interesting aspect of, of the transition from high school to college. Yeah. Just yeah. That,
0: that different dynamic and that uh, being an adult and kind of being in control yeah. of your own, your own self. So Definitely. yeah, I Definitely. can, I can imagine. And I, it's funny. I, I ran this morning with a, a guy who is an incredible runner in his own right. In fact, he was third to you at rock and roll last year. <laughs> and, um, and he was telling me, you know, kind of just that uh, just reminiscing on his, like team days of having that and and that's that's one thing like there's probably a lot of people out there like me that's found running either later in life or weren't good enough, you know, in, in schools that don't have that. But I, I always kind of feel a little like, Oh man, I wish I had found running earlier so I could have that <laughs> Yeah, kind of that bond, you know, of course I was in like bands and stuff like not the band, but like literally like bands, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and, and music has always been my bond with a lot of people, but yeah, that's pretty cool. So when did you transition from like running, was it direct out of college that you went into marathoning? Because you've had a pretty legit time on a marathon and is yeah. that has that been your event to this point like I mean you feel really good about that yeah
1: so my time at Texas A&M I ran pretty well um I ran like you know 1430 for 5k 2950 for 10k which again I could score at like the conference level but yeah I was I never qualified for nationals um and I knew coming out I wanted to continue running and being competitive doing it like mm-hmm. that was what really like got me excited about being a runner was compete trying to compete at the highest level and i knew i i just didn't quite have the natural ability and speed Mm -hmm. to run 5k 10k or continue running on the track and you know qualifying for olympic trials or u.s championships there it was going to be a long road there if it ever even happened but a lot of people that had success um in the united states uh in the half marathon marathon had very similar you know credentials that i did coming out of college absolutely and i knew in my time at texas a&m and even in high school i thrived on the long runs long tempo runs um the 10k on the track right 25 laps that's a lot (laughs) to raise you and that was that was my bread and butter that's what i loved so i i figured the half marathon and marathon was a natural transition Mm -hmm. and i graduated in 2015 there were still six months um a six-month window to qualify for the 2016 united Mm -hmm. states olympic marathon trial so i was like well Now's the time, right, or else I'm going to wait another yeah. four and a half years to, to have a shot at it. So I jumped right into it after graduating.
0: Yeah. And you qualified in uh, for the L.A. trials? I did. I did.
1: Yeah, I took yeah. – I knew, you know, with six months, um, anyone out there who runs, like, on a structured training program knows that um, for the half marathon, in a six-month period, you can maybe do two to three, like, very high-level half yeah. marathons that you prepare specifically for and peak for. Right. And the marathon – like one for sure. Right. I mean, you'd be really pushing it to try and get two high quality marathons. Yeah. Um, and I felt more comfortable with my background in college pursuing the half and getting two shots. Yeah. So.
0: So what? What race did you qualify at? You did because you did a half. You ran. Yeah. I don't remember the time it was yeah i I ran it um the
1: jacksonville bank half marathon and they called it like the olympic trials project or something and basically they it was was just people trying to qualify that was it they like they basically just gave everybody like shared hotel rooms like four guys per room and they even had like four girls per room in their own rooms um we had to pay for our flights and everything but they set it up perfectly um and it was richard Fannin, who he's been the ra- the elite coordinator for the um, Gate River Run down yeah. there in Jacksonville too, which is a high level, um, 15k race, yeah. like pretty famous in the U.S. as far as road races go. He set it up perfectly. Got a pacer in to run like right under 105 and a mm-hmm. half, which is the qualifying time yeah. for the Olympic Trials. And ran 104.30. Um, and I ran a, mar- a half marathon before that, Rock and Roll San Jose, and um, I ran 108. Like twenty or something, yeah. totally blew up. Um, I like to tell the story. I was like three miles into the race, and I looked to my right, and I was running next to Meb Yeah. and I was just like, I, re- I read that assing. in an article.
0: Yeah, yeah,
1: I was like, oh my god! Like he'd won Boston the year yeah. before. This was twenty fifteen, and and 20- you're running beside him. I'm running beside him, right? Yeah. And you know, he's he's like a two hundred eight marathoner, and little ryan miller out of texas yeah. university I, I freaked out um did course, he say like, anything to you no no no, no we yeah. were just zoned in on yeah, the race yeah, yeah. at that point but i faded as anybody who runs like a distance for the first time you never know how your body's gonna react yeah. right and i definitely i was hurting at the end of that half right uh, but learned my lessons came back the next time stayed a little more conservative at the start yeah. and then like was able to finish strong yeah um, to qualify
0: that's cool. I've I've met Meb twice, uh at 'cause he's, you know, on that rock and roll like amba- yeah. ambassador type tour. Uh, and he's been here to the San Antonio race, and I've I've met him in 2017 and 2018. And he's just man, he's like one of those people. He needs to go into politics because because <laughs> like when he's talking to you, it's like you're the only person in the expo. Yeah, <laughs> and it's so cool. So I can't imagine looking over and seeing him. I I actually have a friend. Uh, we were just I uh, I have a friend here that run that I run with that uh, said one time he was in a race and he was running next to meb and of course it was like it was actually rock and roll and it was just meb running kind of you know pumping up the crowd and stuff but he ran with him like like two or three miles Mm -hmm. and pumped him up so much that he had (laughs) sped up significantly and didn't realize (laughs) it and uh but that's that's pretty cool so i know that like the first time around on the trials you had appendicitis i did you you were able to join how much of a deflation was that (laughs) Because, I mean, I know that sounds silly, but, like... No, it is, right? Like, I think
1: anybody who's training for... I mean, I would compare it to um, if you worked your your butt off for four to eight years to try and qualify for boss, and you finally qualify, and then the week before... Yeah, cancels. You know, something something out of your... It gets canceled, like, 2020, or something something out of your control happens um, that takes it away from you. Yeah. Which, actually, in the end, I think was, like, my saving grace, because I... I prayed about it. And of course, like I tell everybody I coach this too, and I try and practice it myself. It's okay to be disappointed. Yeah. It's you disappointed because you care about what you're doing. Right. If you just, if Boston was canceled this year, you were registered for it for the first time and you were like, Oh, whatever. It doesn't matter. Mm hmm. Like, is it really that important to you if you feel that way? Yeah. And so with the Olympic trials, you know, I had appendicitis the week before. I ended up having surgery, like, forty eight hours before the race. I still thought I was gonna go out there and run. But <laughs> the doctors were like, We just I had I still have scars on my stomach for when they opened me up. Wow. Um so I had watched it from the hospital bed, which was you know, that's sad yeah. <laughs> for sure i was i cried a little bit watching it just but yeah i was also 24 years old
0: yeah so. there's the the maturity level is not the same as it was this time around yeah and all of that so yeah
1: i knew there would be another couple opportunities yeah. but um for a couple weeks yeah just like disappointed but then i was like you know what like i kind of there four years i'll be 28 next time yeah. around like it's time to get after and i just yeah. Kept going at it with training. And, and in
0: some ways that's great because, I mean, marathoners can last well into their, I mean, just look at Meb. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it seems like the older you get, at least f- for me, I feel like, you know, the marathon has been the thing that I've loved the most. I think I've had better results maybe in the half marathon, mm-hmm. but, but the marathon is definitely the thing that I've learned the most. I've progressed from i fir- I've done four. First to fourth is like almost a two-hour difference. Oh my gosh, that's huge! <laughs> so, I mean, my first one was very slow. I was <laughs> a little injured and stuff, but, um, but uh, yeah, like I think that part of that is is recognizing pacing and being able to be mature on mm-hmm. on the run. So maybe maybe that was great. So you qualified again for 2020 uh, at CIM. Yep, that and was my, my was, was that your PR CIM? That is my PR, and so that like, was like um two years ago this past weekend it's like 214 214 27 yeah yep
1: yep so i was on i was on pace for like 213 um through halfway but as uh people who follow me on social media know like i had some uh stomach troubles uh, yeah. it, my stomach wasn't hurting but i was you know i was pooping my pants the whole way basically yeah, yeah, yeah. and i had to stop at mile 17 to actually like to go, go into like yeah going yeah,
0: go to a port-a-potty yeah uh, wow that's <laughs> it's insane. It's I, insane that you had to make a pit stop and still ran two fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Which crushes the the A standard, right? I mean, it's it's pretty. I mean, it, it's not Galen Rub, but it's like you know yeah. you're you're clearing it pretty far. Yeah. Cause I
1: ended up being ranked like 50th going to Olympic marathon trials. And that wow. was like the side so that I was the 50th best marathoner over the last like three year period in the wow. United States, which was really cool. Right. Somebody yeah. who,
0: I mean to say top 50.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Trains alone in San Antonio, Texas, yeah. um, works a corporate job. Um, San was, Antonio,
0: Texas, which is not at altitude. <laughs> it's flat. Wow. Like for the, well, I mean, you can get some hills, but it's like. Yeah, nothing crazy. Yeah. Nothing crazy. Uh,
1: but yeah, so when I looked at it, I was like, I really was the top escalon of people that were not fully f- full fledged professionals, right? And were yeah. on either teams or had some sort of financial support from a Nike, Adidas, yeah,
0: type of company. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so that experience, I know it didn't go exactly as you had hoped. I was actually there. Oh, you were? So cool. I probably have I was there with my cameras. I probably had I have probably have video footage of you, but I didn't really know know who I knew who you were, but I didn't really know you at that point. Yeah. So um what just real we don't have to go long about it, but what happened there that um you know, with your day on that one.
1: Yeah, so I'll walk it back just a little bit. I ran the Houston Half Marathon. Um, I guess it's about six weeks before the trials mm-hmm. in January and I was there for the full. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, that's such a fast race mm-hmm. and I ran a new PR in the half. I ran one hundred three forty-five. Wow. um, which was a 22nd PR. So I knew I was like in peak fitness yeah. heading into that last like final few weeks of training. But immediately after Houston, I got the flu and I got it really bad. I mean, I, I didn't run for 10 days. I have a picture on my phone of, <laughs> I was sweating so much. Um, I got up out of bed and I, I felt terrible. I was barely sleeping, but I got up out of bed and it looked like somebody had like, like been killed. Like I don't, there was an outline of a body in sweat. on Oh, my bed. Wow. and you could see the arms <laughs> and the legs and the head. Yeah, and everything. yeah. It was in, it was insane. And so I I lost a lot of fitness through that. And I was able to like come back and have a couple decent workouts like a, yeah. one to two weeks out from the race. But the flu hit me so hard. I missed ten days of training and yeah, my body just. Like, I went to the Olympic trials with the goal of, like, I'm going to take my shot at top three and do the best I can. Like, I'm not going yeah. out there to run conservative and finish, like, top right. 100 or something. You're, like, going to push yeah. it. And I did, and my body, as you might expect after that, just didn't react super well. Um, yeah. I was having pretty severe hamstring cramps from, yeah. like, starting at mile 15 up to 20. And at mile 21, it, you probably remember, it was so windy out there.
0: Oh, man, it was insane.
1: Yeah, I got hit by a gust of wind kind of crossways it blew my back fo- I couldn't control my legs very well so it blew yeah. my back foot into my other foot I like clipped my calf fell down both hamstrings are cramping severely and this is at mile 21 and yeah I just I like I couldn't get up I was already running like were you th- in
0: the mix at that point no, no, I no. mean you were I, already
1: I had fallen off big yeah. time I was probably about mile 10 is when I fell off the main pack okay and I latched onto a couple chase packs after that but they would drop me after a mile or two yeah um so it just, it really wasn't my day. But I, you know, I still gave it my best shot. I yeah. did the best I could. And that's yeah. all, that's all I ever I mean, ask myself or anyone I coach, you know?
0: Dude, coming off of the flu and like maybe, I don't know how much rest you took after Houston, but like just in none. general, <laughs> none. <laughs> yeah. So, but either way, coming off the flu 10 days and just, man, I can't, I mean, I'm the biggest wimp when it comes to the flu or like anything like that. Yeah. I, I hate, I, I just, you know, I'll argue with my wife that that's harder for a man than childbirth is for <laughs> one. <woman. laughs> but but I can't imagine uh, I can't imagine coming off that. And like you said, yeah, the, it was not ideal conditions, and it's hilly. Mm-hmm. I remember so I was um, I was at one po- I was kind of bouncing around all over the place. I was trying to see a lot of the uh, San Antonio people mm-hmm. that I knew, and so I don't know if you know Anita. Yep. So yep. Anita was running, um, and and I was on this corner, and I was right by the running dot photography guy. I can't remember his name, but he has a big Instagram following mm-hmm. and he's like a running photographer. Uh, I can't remember his name, but I was standing there talking to him for a while and she came around that corner. And I mean, she was flying. There was a few people that were there and it's, it's right around the corner, close to the o- Olympic village uh, or the Olympic park. And, and then it just goes up a hill and literally <laughs> the hill is directed into the wind. And so I'm, I'm there with my camera, like trying to run and like cheer her on. And we go around that corner and I was like, I mean, just the the headwind and the I couldn't imagine being out there and like trying to actually run 209 like Galen <laughs> did or oh. whatever. You know, I mean, that's just I can't. That's just insane. So, but I I mean, I look forward to. I don't know what's on your radar with the trials. Do you do you want to do that? Ag- is that something you want to do again? Yeah, like, I plan on plan on pursuing it again. But who? I mean, we don't know who? what the
1: qualifying standards will yeah. be next time out. Yeah, um, that's true. I think. I mean. If it's still a time qualifying standard i I think I'd still be capable of hitting whatever it is they're yeah. they're saying that like they think 216 217 is probably what they'll drop it to really yeah um wow. there's just a lot I mean it cost the Atlanta track Club who hosted the event a lot of money <laughs> to yeah. host I think they had like 800 athletes wow. um and they yeah, paid for the whole lot. weekend for everybody do they? I mean, wow it was it was quite the expenditure for them and I I've heard the the blowback at USATF is that they just don't want that many people um, yeah. to have to be paid for to go to this event in the future. So sure. we'll see. I I could see them um, capping it at like the top hundred times for each gender yeah. make it, which would mean time is irrelevant. You just got to be better than yeah than, a, than everybody else. Right? At least one other
0: person. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's <laughs> it. Ninety nine or um, yeah. That, Excuse me that's that's interesting. I didn't realize that that it was set up that way. It would it seems like it would be cool too if they made like a like a A and B qualifier where still the really fast people that maybe weren't in the top got like some sort of benefit but maybe had to pay some. Yeah, you know, and whatever. they've
1: done that in the past where yeah.
0: Th- yeah, exactly
1: as you're describing, A standard they paid for your entire trip out there, B standard um, which would it'd only be a few minutes slower, but it was yeah. probably like seventy five percent of the that qualifiers. Would be local
0: races and stuff like that. Yeah, you
1: know? yeah, but they had to pay their own way, had to get their own hotel, pay an entry fee.
0: It's basically like anyone like else going to signing a race. for a race. Well, yeah, like going to Boston or whatever. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Well, that's cool. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine what it's like even, uh, even this year. Just being, I mean, I was out there, so I can imagine, but I can't imagine what it was like. Standing there, like at the start with the Olympic, you know, village and all of that in the background and just being there with like, you know, just bosses of running, you know, just people that are... Super athletes, you know, like yeah, pretty. Surreal. I mean, the slowest person in the trials is is so fast, <laughs> two nineteen. You know, I mean, like, that's just crazy. Or or the there was a few women that I saw that were pregnant while they were running. Oh yeah, that's unbelievable. Like, man, I can't imagine uh, what that feels like mm-hmm. for because for a lot of people, that's the closest they'll get to, you know, like a representing their country because mm-hmm. they're already kind of representing their country at the trials. Yeah, like that's yeah, that's a huge deal. You know, mm-hmm. so. That's pretty cool. I look forward to seeing how how that plays out for you and like what what uh, what you do. I know. I mean, you'll get it again.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm hoping so. That's the goal. But um, I'm definitely taking a different path these next couple years now. So so so,
0: and that's that's interesting. And I I definitely want to go that route. So because I know that you've spent some time on the trails, most specifically at Moab, Mm -hmm. uh, in Utah. And I definitely want to talk about like what what's your kind of thought process and your rationale behind all that and um and what made you decide to to go that route like towards the trails yeah was it just the desire to to be outside and to be in nature or (laughs) or
1: a little bit but uh you know i if i was training for marathons i still go and do trail runs occasionally Mm -hmm. when i'm marathon and half marathon training too so i wouldn't say that was like the driving factor but um i'll tell you this i'm like an avid reader uh-huh. and I just read tons of books. I'm reading a book right now about the Nike Oregon Project um, mm. that was just released yeah. talking about Salazar and everybody involved.
0: And Wh- who's that by? Uh, uh, I I can't remember the guy's rem- name off the top of my head. Someone recommended it to me recently. But,
1: it's been yeah. a great great read so far. Um, but anyways, that was an example of what I'm reading right now. Uh, one of the first ever running books I read, like a lot of people. Um, Born to run. You know it, <laughs> yeah. right? And so just that lore of like running – like for an entire day doing a hundred miles, the Leadville hundred, that yeah. was one of the big ones in the book. Um, and then since then, watching all the documentaries on YouTube yeah, by you know Billy runner, Yang, Billy Ginger Runner, Yang. all those oh my god, I get chills like thinking about yeah. it. And it is The
0: Why by Billy Yang. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. A, it it's is intense.
1: it is just it it reaches down to my core um, when I watch that. And there's great stories like that about road running and marathons too. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um I I've read Meb's book and that is yeah. an, an amazing Incredibly motivating uh, book yeah. to read, but um, one of the things like I try and think about, and I like self-reflect on um, in my own running is what is motivating me, mm-hmm. right? Like, what is going to get me out of bed every day to yeah. go out and train? Because when you run at a high level um, and you want to be the best, I mean, I, I want to still continue to try and be one of the best in the United States, if not the world, at what mm-hmm. I do. Um, it takes a lot <laughs> yeah and not i like it takes a lot physically to push yourself um and it takes a lot of motivation to do that for really years on end yeah so and i talk about that with everybody i coach too right that's one of the first questions first call i have with anybody and then we reflect on that after every goal race is like okay here's what we've accomplished so far what do we want to do next what's going to get you out of bed you know yeah. in the morning for the next for our short-term goals over the next three to six months, medium-term, one to four years, and Mm long-term, like, your whole running career. So I looked at that for myself. um, After the trials, I was not motivated to run another marathon. Mm. Um, I, you know, 214 is great. That's what my PR is. Um, If I improved and ran 212, that's awesome. In my mind, it wasn't going to change anything, even if I ran two eleven, two ten, I mean, it in my head I just wasn't excited to to like push those very small marginal gains yeah. on the roads. So I thought about okay, what's going to motivate me next? And I, w- I was like a fork in the road. Like I was like okay, maybe it'd be fun because the Olympic trials for the track got delayed um, until twenty twenty one. Maybe yeah. I spend a year and a half working towards like the ten k and yeah. see if I can possibly do that because my times in the half marathon indicated that like. I am like a fringe qualifier for the Olympic trials, 10,000 meter race, um, or the other path, right? Ultras. Yeah. And not just ultras on the trail. Cause I'm preparing for a trail ultra, my first right. one right now, but also on the roads. Um, yeah. there's a lot of opportunities to re- represent the United States, yeah. um, in that arena. And there's so many ways you can go with ultra yeah. running. Um,
0: there's insane races. I mean, comrades. Yeah. Races yeah. Like that, that are just,
1: yeah. And so, uh, you know, as I hinted at with the Born to Run and everything, like I felt my heart pulling me towards the ultra scene. Mm. And you know, what better time to give it a shot than yeah. it, I'm 29 years old? I literally just turned 29 a couple of weeks ago. I'm in my physical prime. Yeah. Um, like, let's see, let's see what I can give to yeah. it. And you know. If I'm one of the best in the world, that's so that'd be so much fun. If yeah. I suck at it, <laughs> that's right. okay. I gave it my best shot and yeah. I I know I can go back to or I can reevaluate again and see like okay, do I want to keep doing this? Don't want to go back to the marathon like Yeah. There's a lot just because you choose to go down one path doesn't mean you can you can't reverse direction and yeah. focus on things in the future. Absolutely. Um, and David Roche, my coach, and we talked about it like a lot of people go back and forth. Yeah. I shouldn't say a lot, but you can work on ultra marathon running and skills and that will translate to marathoning um in the future too
0: yeah that's cool yeah yeah and and honestly like too you mentioned being in your physical prime is a good time but also like what better year right now than to focus on trails because quite honestly i mean like i've pivoted from three canceled marathons So I ran Houston and then I ran or then I was signed up for Carmel, Indiana, Mm -hmm. which got delayed to my son's birthday. So I wasn't even going to go and then canceled. Mm -hmm. And then so I pivoted from that to St. George. I was going to go out where my coach Hayden lives and run out there. Um, That got canceled. (laughs) Pivoted to BCS, which, you know, because you have some athletes that were going to run it like that got canceled. And so. What a better time! A lot of trail races are still happening. I mean, JFK, you know, happened, yeah. the Pikes Peak Marathon happened, and then Moab, which you were at. So, I definitely want to talk about that. And I want to talk <laughs> about the first thing that I saw after Moab was I got on Facebook, I were connected on Facebook, and I see this video uh, uh, that you posted, and you can hear your wife in the background. She's like, She's like, looking good, babe, looking good. And as you get like right in front of the camera, she literally there's no gap in between her saying looking good, babe. Oh, my gosh. What happened? Like like, because you just you were you were booking it past her. And I'm sure you got some energy from seeing her. But like all of I mean, your your arm was just busted up. And so what happened out there? Yeah. uh, um, (laughs) Like how how did we get there? (laughs) Like How did that happen?
1: Yeah, so uh, about mile five. And this is the Moab Trail Marathon um, for everybody listening out there. It's in Moab, Utah, right, the southeast corner of Utah. Beautiful area. It's where, like, Arches yeah. National Park is, right. if you know what that kind of looks like. Lots of red rock. Mm-hmm. Um, it got about 4,000 feet of vertical climbing. Okay. A lot of. I was going to ask that. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not – a lot of it's not even trail running. There's definitely – like some trails, but a lot of it you're just running across what's called like slick rock. Mm-hmm. Um, if you live in Texas, basically think about like enchanted rock. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you're just running on that for miles on end. Yeah. Not not as steep all the time, but sure. like that's the type of footing you have.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So I was like in the fifth mile. Um. I was I was rolling pretty good. I was probably like fifth or sixth place or something, and mm-hmm. I was running within myself. But um, as every trail runner knows, like as soon as you like lapse in concentration once. Like, yeah, you're you can, liable to, like, yeah. go down roll your ankle. And, like, literally all that happened was my toe clipped a rock. And so instead of, like, planting my foot, my toe clips the rock. I don't plant my foot. Instead of planting it, I'm just falling face forward. Okay. And luckily I, like, pivoted my body so I didn't, like, face plant into what amount – just, like, rocks, yeah. basically. But I, like, hit my shoulder, elbow, back, hip, knee, my entire right side of my body. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was going downhill, which means I was running faster, and I hit yeah. the gro- I had farther to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just
0: slid. Did you roll and like kind of slide? I don't
1: think I rolled. I slid. Like I hit the ground, and then there was enough like smaller rocks that I just was sliding. And mm-hmm. so I had it was essentially what was really bad road rash. Okay. I didn't have any gashes on me that were like super deep, see the yeah. bone or anything like that. But um, it hurt. It stung. The video is a little bit deceiving, though. I'll tell you because. It's red rock up there, right? Okay, so yeah, yeah. the dirt that got on me was all red. Okay, so, so it wasn't all blood. I wasn't bleeding blood. as bad as yeah. it quite looks there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there was still quite a bit of blood, especially on my back. Yeah, um, And I hit my my other knee on actually hit it on it, like the point of a rock. So my other my left right. knee was bothering me. Yeah, But, you know, I, I didn't – we drove out to Utah over the course of two days, rent an Airbnb. I didn't go out there to – fall in my first trail race yeah. and just walk in or quit right. i wasn't so injured that i like i had to stop so yeah. like, now i'm gonna finish this thing nothing felt broken or yeah strained, yeah great. it like, definitely threw me off my game though i didn't feel yeah. very, very good the rest of the way uh my knee was bothering me a little bit but still finished i held on for eighth place so yeah. top 10 in a national championship race um
0: i don't know how how often you fall but i <laughs> but I, i'm curious if you experienced this so I ran, I don't know if you've ever heard of this little local race, El Chupacabra, Mm -hmm. that's out in uh, McAllister Park. Um, I've done that four years in a row, and I, um, last time I was out there, well, two years ago, uh, not counting this year, two times ago that I ran, I fell, and it's just like that feeling of when you fall and you're not expecting it, it feels like, for me, my body is just like, kind of revolts, like I get sick to my stomach almost, (laughs) you know, because of the jolt of adrenaline or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, that, that was like one of the worst falls I've ever had. And I just, ugh, man, I can't, I can't even imagine like what it would be like to fall, especially going downhill. Mm-hmm. Like that's a huge thing. So yeah, it throws your body in shock
1: for sure. Yeah. But the cool thing was uh, my adrenaline was pumping, mm-hmm. especially after falling. And the how, did,
0: how did you feel? Um, like before that, how did you feel? You know, standing on the line, like, were I mean, and and starting that race, were you kind of like in the mix at that point? I mean, were you, uh, as far as with the leaders, were you running with the leaders? No, no, no? I wasn't. Because there was uh, some like Andy Wacker and I mean, some good, yeah, good trail guys out there.
1: Yeah, I think the course record holder Nathan Peterman actually ended up winning it um, and beating Andy. But there were some, there's some really solid experienced trail runners out there who'd been run Moab many times in the past. So. I knew, and I talked with David before the race. Um, David told me he's run Moab twice and didn't even finish either time. He like rolled oh, wow. his ankle. Uh, I think he like rolled his ankle and fell. Um, okay, both both races, yeah, or something like that. So he's like, this is just like almost more of like an adventure obstacle cor- course race type feeling. Mm-hmm. So don't judge how you feel and like what your future in trail running is based off this event. Like, yeah. have fun, do the best you can. And it was definitely there were points on the course that. Man, it was, uh, like, I was climbing up ladders using ropes to go down cliffs. Mm -hmm. Um, There were some pretty interesting things out there. So, yeah, on the starting line, um, I didn't know how quick I would be out there compared to those other guys. So... I just gave it my best shot. They they ran away from me in the beginning. I mean, they were going. The first mile for them was like uphill on sandy trail, and they ran like a five thirty. So oh, wow. I was probably like six flat, so yeah. I could still see him up ahead, but I wasn't ready to quite like push it that yeah, hard. Push it that hard. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. And and so it's a trail marathon. So you did you ran? Uh, I I looked it up three twenty seven twenty five. Yeah. Does that sound about right? Yeah. So that's crazy because uh, you mentioned four thousand feet of. Climbing, mm-hmm. right, and it starts at four thousand feet elevation. I think is where Moab. It, well, that's what Moab is. So, d- was it? Did you actually go up to like eight thousand no. ish feet? No, no it, was it was more like, like down and rolling. up. Yeah, okay.
1: I think it gets up to like six or something like okay. that. Did um, you
0: experience anything with the altitude? Or
1: I or? mean, there was one really, really steep climb. It was like mile fourteen or fifteen, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, it was like a twelve hundred foot climb in like less than a mile and a half. Yeah which I you can't train here right. in Texas for. So yeah. I power hiked probably 75% of that. I would like yeah. power hike for like one minute and then jog for 30 seconds and yeah. power hike for one minute. And I was, I mean, even on the power hiking, I was like breathing so hard, Yeah, um, which is funny, right? Like I'm <laughs> just thinking about myself, like 214 marathoner, I've averaged almost five minute pace for a marathon and I'm having a power hike yeah. in a marathon right. on the trails. Um, yeah. I went back and looked at like Nathan Peterman and Andy Wacker and what they did on that climb. And they were running it, but they yeah. live at altitude in right. the mountains. So they were able to train on that a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's all good experience. Yeah. So I think it's a crazy experience. And you st- yeah. I mean,
0: eighth place, like you said, in a U.S. championship mm-hmm. race. And you ran 327. Just for uh, comparison or just for context, at a 4,000 foot climbing. So I ran my PR at Houston, which was (laughs) 328.54 and you ran 327 and, and Houston has 100 and something or 300 and something (laughs) feet of climbing and that, and Moab, the Moab trail marathon had 4,000 feet. And then also it's 4,000 feet above sea level and Houston is at sea level. (laughs) And, and, and my time at Houston was like probably top 15% or so you yeah. know it's not a bad time so like that's that's something to be proud of for first first trail marathon running like a crazy time a sub eight pace you mm-hmm. know and all of that yeah, that kind of climbing yeah sure. and 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 even with the fall and stuff so i know i know what's next have you publicly said you've publicly oh, yeah. said I've, what's I've next put it on social media. Yeah. yeah so you're running bandera, bandera 100K. 100k Yep. yeah and you haven't yeah, done a 50K, right? I have not. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, that'll be really interesting. I'm actually doing a 30K time trial on the course on Saturday. Um, so. Oh, this Saturday? This Saturday. Oh, wow, cool. Which what, that was, like, December 8th yeah. or something like that.
0: Yeah. Um, we'll post that on Stra- yeah. Strava or keep it quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to put it on Strava. Yeah. I I'm know gonna, some people don't like to.
1: Yeah, I'm going to do the Bandera 25K course and then just add 5K on at the end. But okay. really, you know, because all, all the segments out there, I can compare my – splits to people running the 50k or 100k in the past because yeah. they're all on strava too yeah um so it'd be fun to check that out and you know we talked about with my coach um after moab and i've had a lot of success in the past really racing to fitness where yeah. i do tune-up races before my big one yeah um kind of like Houston half marathon before the trials hitting right. a pr so there's no races going on <laughs> right now, right. so we're doing yeah. a time trial instead, and we get to do it on the course that the Bandera 100K is actually on, Yeah, which would be really nice. Which uh, is
0: great. Have you been
1: out there? Yeah, I've done a couple of runs out there yeah. so, so far. So it's rocky.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's not like Government Canyon or some of the others around here. It's definitely... I was supposed to pace a guy at Cactus Rose who mm-hmm. had to unfortunately drop due to injury, um, but I've only been out there as like a hiker, not as a runner. So. Yeah. I'm also doing that. I know. I'm I'll excited be way, for you I'll be out there. way, way, <laughs> way behind you. <laughs> Maybe you'll lap me at some point. But, oh gosh! <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that's um, that's gonna be fun. I I've never done hundred k. Like I don't know what to expect. Um, I signed up as like a, I'm tired of marathons getting canceled. Yeah. And, like do something different. Finally, I'll just do fine. I'll just take my toys and go play in the, <laughs> in the, in the, in the uh, state park. You know, in the, on the trails, but um but that's interesting for yeah. me too. I'm I'm excited to see so what's I mean obviously the goal of any race I feel like when you're especially at at your level and with your goals just in general is to win. Mm-hmm. Um are you you really eyeing like potentially a golden ticket? Do you want to do Western States? Yeah, that's
1: like, I mean in the back of my head. I mean because it's up, a golden ticket race? It is a golden so. ticket race. There's only 3 of them for 2020. They've scaled it back because um obviously the western states didn't happen last yeah. year so yeah. they have a few less golden tickets to dole out yeah. this year um so it's that black canyon and i want to say another race called the canyons which is actually okay. on the western states course yeah. um, those are the three golden ticket races and my first goal is to finish right first ultra right. marathon yeah, yeah, like yeah. let's get to the finish line yeah uh, but definitely in the back of my mind i have like i have like three things i'm like okay golden ticket that's top two mm-hmm. second first or second place yeah um win the race right that would be great but yeah. winning the race i think um you know you don't i can't control who's going to show up right you know what yeah. i mean you can't given yeah. the lack of races across the united states even in the trail scene and this is going to be one of the more competitive ones in the first really six months of the year yeah there could be some great trail studs especially there. since
0: there's only a couple yeah. golden ticket races this year yeah, so,
1: I mean, I can only control myself and yeah. my own effort and out there. Um, right. So, I'll do that. If it ends up with a golden ticket, that's awesome. If it ends up with a win, even better. Yeah. In the back of my head, I think one of my long-term goals, because I live here in San Antonio, Texas, where Bandera 100K actually is, yeah. is I want to break the course record, yeah. um, which Jim Walmsley owns. Is okay. Yeah, from 2016, yeah. I think. It was one of his first ultras he ever ran. Yeah. Um, And really, his first like big course record that he hit. Yeah. So it's I still think it's ripe for the taking. I think it's like 7:35 per mile, which is quick, but not um, quite as insane as some of his other records. It's
0: not uh, out of reach. You know, for someone who's at that level, to, yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, if we learned anything from like two weeks ago, Jim's records are not bulletproof because Hayden went out and won the JFK oh race gosh. and and uh, got that record. So so,
1: so motivating. I but was keeping up with that. Man, that Jim awesome.
0: Jim is a. I mean, he's just a force and a fun person to watch on the trails. But That's yeah, sure. I, I think that it's cool. We didn't really talk about it, but uh, but you won the Rock and Roll San Antonio, the hometown race last mm-hmm. year. Uh, which is the first time I'd ever seen you, uh, kind of jumping through the tape, or I, I don't know. <laughs> that, that was at a different race, but but I, I know that you had won that one, so it would be cool to have that same hometown kind mm-hmm. of home turf vibe on the trails for Th- sure. That so. would be
1: really neat. I will have to go back and look and see when the last time somebody from the local area actually won Bandier 100K because it's, it's been so competitive yeah. that at least the last five years it's people from yeah. Flagstaff or Colorado that come yeah. into texas and take it when it became
0: know? a golden ticket race i think i don't know how long it's been but i know it's been like six or seven years yeah. at least and when it became a golden ticket race i think it really like that that put it up put us on the map Definitely. in that way so Definitely. that's cool but th- that's exciting so i'm i'm looking forward to seeing what you do on the trails i you asked a question i can't remember if it was on strava or on um Uh, maybe on Facebook, but you posted something quite a while ago. In fact, I was looking for it before you got here, um, that said like, you know, something to the effect of, is it possible to be elite on the roads and on the trails? And you got a interesting (laughs) mix of responses, including from me. I mean, I, you know, I was like, well, you know, it's, I feel like you have to really focus on one or the other to be like at the top of the game. But, uh, I am curious how your perspective has shifted on that since you've kind of navigated into that water and have experienced a trail race. And then like, I mean, you'll probably have a more legitimate uh, expectation or uh, approach to it once you do Bandera and kind of get into the ultra scene. But how do you feel? Like, do you feel like your road training is just teeing you up for being good on the trails or, or do you feel like it's just a totally different game? Yeah.
1: So I think when you look at, um, if you look at trail running the last like five years, Especially here in the United States, the most successful runners that come out of in, into trail running and just like immediately have success are like the ones that come off of like road running. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking of Grayson Murphy, Hayden Hawks. When he yeah. first came onto the scene, they yeah. they come out of college with their speed background, and it translates amazingly well once they develop the skill set to run on technical terrain. Mm-hmm. You know, they tweak their training really to handle a lot more climbing typically right. is, yeah. is what in the, especially in those mountain races mm-hmm. um, and then work on the um, nutrition aspect of it you know yeah. race, race day nutrition and they're ready to fly Yeah, and so I think that my background in road running especially a more runnable um ultras like moab not a runnable race like i talked about it was like more like an adventure course not definitely not going to be a strong suit for me moving forward i don't know if i'll ever go back out there for that (laughs) type of experience again um but those are the people that have success and i think hayden i you know i listened to um a podcast where he's talking about jfk yeah and you know he'd had some pretty good results the last few years, but he kind of tapered off from his first couple of years yeah. on the scene and wasn't having as much success. Yeah. Still great, yeah. right? Um, But him and David sat down and talked about like, okay, we need to get back to the speed. Yeah. We really need to stay in touch with run, like feeling comfortable running sub five minute yeah. pace right. um, for extended periods of time. Yeah. Look what happened to JFK. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you know with with the training that david is assigning me right now um we're still doing like midweek quality workouts where i'm getting on the bike paths and the roads and i'm yeah. you know doing th- well this week i did six by three minute hill climbs um that were pretty yeah. tough but like, <laughs> i saw that <laughs> I, yeah i think the the previous week i did like three by five by one minute yeah. um and I, you know i'm hitting like five minute pace or a little below for those yeah. and just kind of getting into a groove and because when I get on the trails, obviously, I'm not moving that right. fast, especially yeah, yeah, on yeah. the technical yeah. ones down totally here. Different. But I think that's where staying in touch with that, even while training for the ultras, yeah. can make shifting back to the marathon in the future um, a little bit more seamless. And yeah. like, to answer your original question, I do think that you can be elite at both. Now, yeah. like, am I going to win a world marathon major at Boston and then go win Western States? Right. No. right, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope people don't have that expectation yeah. of me. I don't expect right. that of myself <laughs> either. And I don't think it, – it's not going to happen on, like, back-to-back weekends either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there will be focus periods of, like, okay, yeah. this is a trail running six months or year or two years for me, and then I will go back to a more focused period on the roads. Yeah. I think if you, like – if you had a six-month period where you were, like, trying to do trail racing and road racing at the same time, there are different skill sets involved yeah. with that and that would be a
0: lot more difficult different muscles in the lower leg and all that kind of yeah, stuff yeah. yeah
1: and just i mean i think the skill set it, what ultra specifically is like the fueling aspect yeah um being on your feet for longer the the climbing um those kind of things you don't necessarily need as much with marathon or like road racing right. marathons half marathons yeah. you focus more instead of going out and doing a three-hour trail run yeah uh you might go out and do a two-hour long run with three by two miles at marathon pace. Yeah, Those kind of tweaks are still two long runs, right? And you're yeah. s- getting similar aerobic benefits, but they are customized for whatever the demands of your goal race are at right. the end. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's all uh, that. And it's so much fun. I think the, the, the kind of the key or the kicker here is that it, it's obvious that like you're having fun with running. Like you didn't get, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you didn't get like burnt out in high school and college and like, oh, I hate running. You know, I know that happens to a lot of people, but it seems like you're really uh, pivoting to the areas that you're enjoying. And and like you said, you have the, the times where right now we have. A, an extended period of time before the next trials, you know, before you have to be ready to run the marathon trials again. And so you have an opportunity to play with whatever you want, really, you know. And so that's pretty cool. I'm excited to see uh, what happens with uh, Bandera. I think it's going to be fun. I yeah. think Yeah. And, and you know, you can't, uh, you can't control who shows up but it's like we were talking about before we actually started recording uh, about a race that I was at that me and my buddy were at the front of for the majority of the race (laughs) he won I dropped back to fourth but uh, I had no business being at the front of a race but my fitness got me to the point where I was at the front of the race because of the people that showed up and so you never know you never know what's gonna happen I mean we, we think that maybe Bandera could be super crowded because it's uh, less golden ticket races, but it also might not be. And even if it is, I mean, you put in the work. You clearly put in the work, and you can compete with the best. So yeah. that's awesome. I want to give you an opportunity real quick to plug your coaching because I know you're doing that. Are you Are you taking on athletes? Yes,
1: yes, I am. Yeah. Um, so how can
0: how can people find your, your coaching as far as um, your website or whatever?
1: Yeah, so a couple different ways. Um, right now, ryan.miller.coaching at gmail.com. So feel free to shoot me an email there. Um, that's also linked up in my Instagram profile okay. um, where you can also shoot me like a direct yeah. message there and we can talk. Um, so those are the two best ways to reach me. Um, website currently under development that'll be launched on January 1st. Cool. Uh, official branding of my, co- Ryan Miller coaching is what it is right now, um, but official branding of my coaching will also be launched on January 1st. Um, yeah, and it's been growing by leaps and bounds this year. I think what's been really cool about the pandemic very difficult for, like, all of us just in yeah. general. Like, life in 2020, mainly as a result of the pandemic, has been difficult. Um, but a lot of people have, running specifically have found the sport either rediscovered it or are brand-new runners because they had nothing else to do, right? Gyms are closed or yeah. they're stuck at home. And so it's so cool to see so many people coming into the sport that we love yeah. and finding their passion for it, setting right. goals. Um, I think it's going to – personally, my prediction is – as the pandemic starts to wane, we're gonna have another running boom, yeah, like we experienced ten years ago, and then in the '70s, where yeah. participation in these big marathons and yeah. trail running, for trail, trail running sure, is
0: exploding. Right all,
1: already was blowing yeah, up, yeah. right? And now there's even more people gravitating towards it. So, I'm really excited about that, and. 2021 2022 yeah um, and,
0: w- and what's your approach um you're you're pretty hands-on as far as communication and and back and forth with you, you i assume you probably use like a log and stuff like that yeah yeah so i, I
1: guess a, a few a few details about it um i use final surge um so we have daily communication there where you know my athlete will leave feedback for me i'll leave comments answer questions for them calendar format all broken down strength yeah. work runs um, nutrition gear recommendations, cool. Um, unlimited awesome. c- unlimited communication. My athletes know that like they can reach out to me anytime, yeah. set yeah. up calls anytime they want. Sometimes we have recurring calls. Sometimes it's just on an as needed basis. But yeah. it's I'm here for my athletes no matter what, whenever yeah. they need
0: me. Sweet, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I encourage anyone that hears this that needs a coach. I can attest to the fact that sometimes. I mean uh, having a coach having a coach changed my life mm-hmm. you know as far as my running is concerned and and there's a lot to be said about group running and group camaraderie but having a coach and someone who can really drive you and, and kind of push you almost in a way too uh, is super impactful and it's definitely made the difference for me. Um, so if anyone's looking for a coach, I encourage them to reach out to you. I have at least three friends, maybe more that have used you or are currently using you that have all said great things. That's so awesome. um, Thanks. that's cool. Last question I have for you before we wrap up, cause we've been, I appreciate the time that you've given me. Yeah. Um, so I read something that was interesting and out of all that you've accomplished on the roads and the trails, do you can cons- do you still consider finishing second at the 2002 Texas Free Throw Championship your number one <laughs> accomplishment in life? That was a quote from the <laughs> Olympic Trials website.
1: <laughs> you know, I threw that out there. I actually did. So in the state like when I was younger, I was very small as a kid. Yeah. Like the bottom 1 percentile in height and weight. Right. Um and so I like you know, I didn't, I I love basketball. I Mm -hmm. wanted to be like Kobe Bryant was my (laughs) hero. I wanted to be like a professional basketball player. Nobody had the heart to tell me like, Hey, you're, you know, you're really small. (laughs) You're not that great at basketball, but I could shoot really well. And so, you know, 10 years old, um, the Catholic youth organization in Texas holds a free throw contest throughout the state. There's like district regionals and state. And I like at the I made like 21 out of 25 free throws to win the district 22 out of 25 to win regionals and then at state i made 20 out of 25 to tie some other kid wow and we went to like a shoot off and like we both made four in a row and then i missed my fifth and he made five in a row wow. so he ended up beating me uh <laughs> awesome. i had the biggest trophy in my room growing up from yeah yeah <laughs> Uh, but I put that on there kind of as, as yeah, a joke. Yeah. Obviously, that's not my second <laughs> like, most proud accomplishment ever. Well, now that you have
0: a kid, it can't be your most <laughs> oh, proud accomplishment. Not. But yeah. even on the even on the roads and stuff like that, and <laughs> and hopefully you know we can pretend that it's still that. That way, you know, if you become an Olympian, when you become an Olympian, yeah. you'll uh, you'll be able to dethrone the free throw championship. Yeah. But thanks so much, uh, Ryan, for being here with me today. I really appreciate you driving out here and um, and talking to me and helping me launch. The running leg of my podcast. Area, so yeah, uh, really appreciate it. I look forward to more conversations because you know the the trend is if you have a first guest, you always bring them back. So yeah,
1: of course, I can't wait to come back and share. I mean, maybe after Bandera, it'd be fun to talk about that experience. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, have to, oh, we'll have nice. two
0: perspectives of that. For yeah. Sure. Oh, <laughs> so that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so look for that in in the future. And uh, thanks so much. I really appreciate it. I'll link uh, the ways to contact to you as well, so that way people can reach out and follow you online. Right. You're always motivated so it's really cool. Thanks,
1: Aaron. You mind if I give my sponsors a shout-out? Oh, right yeah, point? yeah. Please go ahead. Um, I've been with Rabbit for, like, five years, a um, woman-owned business in California. They make, like, Incredible awesome clothes. awesome running apparel um, and just have really appreciate their support over the years. So um, I'm lucky enough to be sponsored by them. Um, noon Hydration. Which yeah, we're drinking right now. We are <laughs> drinking it <there> right now. <laughs> literally. I, I've been on their elite team for the last two years, yeah. um, and I literally – my wife can attest our cabinet has like, if not like, uh, a hundred, like 200 canisters yeah. of, of noon tablets that I use. So they're awesome. Clean athlete for supplements. like yeah. I do whey protein powders, multivitamin, omega, um, antioxidants, um, all that good stuff. Uh, recovery powder. Yeah. I lo- I've been with them for five years, yeah. um, as well. So they're fantastic. Um, squirrels, nut butter which is like, another
0: thing that i have in my yeah in my yeah so they're yeah car. that's
1: if you want like <laughs> if you don't want to chafe at yeah. all use this stuff. it's the best stuff it's it better it's, it's better amazing.
0: than there's a lot of posers out there but it's yeah really good.
1: it's a small yeah. business out of flagstaff yeah. like you're supporting a really good group that also supports the ultra running community yeah. in big
0: ways yeah they're fantastic
1: yep <laughs> cool. um yeah and then morton um so i recently hopped on with morton and oh, they, cool. they give me my yeah. fuel for like during runs yeah Yeah, gels and drink mixes and it's i I love love it because it's really it's really concentrated yeah you know the drink mixes the gels also like the amount of caffeine you can get from their gels because they have 100 milligrams per um
0: yeah per little sleeve yeah and they work so well and they sit so well on my stomach they do they do so
1: i've been using that in my training and i'm planning on using i'm not
0: sponsored by them so you can say all the good things and i can attest (laughs) to the fact that i don't know clean athlete and uh, but all of your other uh, brands. I mean, I brought the noon today, so yeah. <laughs> so if noon, if you're listening to this, I want to be an ambassador. Very true. And <laughs> you
1: know, H E B out there, that's our local grocer. Yeah. Um, if you want to like yeah. supply me with all the good food, right? you know, That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure H E B will hear this podcast. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but cool, man. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate it, and I look forward to our next conversation. Same, Aaron. Have a good one.